listening to Football and Fluff, where we talk a lot of football and a little bit of fluff. This podcast is a venue where we discuss college football and its fluff. We're your co-host, I'm Hank. And I'm Trey. I'm the football. And I'm the fluff. Word play of the day brought to you by Fluff. Word play of the day. The right side of the 50. A phrase used that acknowledges that the offensive team is moving the football toward the opponent's goal line. When the offensive team is gaining positive yards, crosses the 50-yard line, and continues to progress towards the opponent's goal line, they are said to be on the right side of the 50. This can also be the case when the defensive team gets a turnover and progresses toward the opponent's goal line while crossing the 50-yard line. The right side of the 50. Wordplay of the day this week we had an opportunity to sit down with our first toledo city league football player he was the 1980 first team all city defensive end he was the 1981 city league player of the year in 1981 he was first team all city offensive guard and defensive end first team all district defensive end and third team all state defensive end he earned a four-year scholarship to the Ohio State Buckeyes, where he became the starting defensive end. He played in the 1984 Fiesta Bowl, where the Ohio State Buckeyes defeated the Pittsburgh Panthers. He went on to play after joining the United States Air Force, where he was a standout player and was named All-Continental Sports Conference and All-United States Air Force in Europe. Football and Fluff family, Welcome to the show, former Ohio State defensive end, Toledo High School standout, all-state defensive end, Dennis Houston. How are you, brother? Good evening, man. Thanks for having me. I'm fine. Thanks. Let me tell you, uh, in 1980, I was a eighth grader, and I had just finished playing in the, in the inner city football league, and our treat at the end of the year was to go to the shoe bowl. And, and we went to the shoe bowl and saw this team called Matt Cumber Whitney vocational technical high school. And there was the first time in my life I ever saw guys do 10 and a half jumping jacks. I don't even know where the half came in, but I know it was cool. And the fact that I saw this defensive end who had a very dominant game and Toledo Matt Cumber Whitney won the city championship is why I went to Matt Cumber. That's exactly why I went to Matt Cumber. So it is a pleasure, it is an honor to be able to interview you today on the Football and Fluff podcast. Glad to have you here, brother. Yes, sir. Okay, so believe it or not, uh, that was my junior season, and that was probably one of the best teams I've ever played for and on in my entire life. And I'm yeah. going to include college in terms of just amazing athletes. We had a great program, we had a great coach, and we had a great system. And fortunately for us, we had talented people that came after us that kept the program afloat after we left. Because I believe you guys won a couple of championships after I left, at least one, right? 
Yes, we did. We won one after you left. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, my brother. Let's get right into this thing. We want to ask you a few questions. The Football and Fluff family, they send in questions to our email. We are at footballandfluff at gmail.com. And this is our first Toledo City League athlete that we are interviewing on our Toledo City League um, series that we're running. And I'm honored to have you as the first one, and that's Dennis Houston. Uh, did you play on a youth football team? And at what age was it when, when you played? So uh, I started out uh, – so I w- I, we used to live in, on Underwood in, uh, by Ryder School, right down the street from Ryder School. My mother uh, volunteered and got into a housing program. We got a house in the inner city right down the street from uh, MLK Junior Elementary School. So that's where my brother and I went to school at. And uh, they just happened to have a football team. So I signed up for the flag football team. I played my fifth and sixth grade year. I think we won the championship, I think the sixth grade year. And then our neighborhood school was uh, Robinson Junior High. So with the Robinson from there, uh, didn't know because I, you know, I was new to the area. So I didn't know all of Robinson's history. And the fact that Robinson was a, a perennial champion for years and years and years. So I stumbled into a great program, with an amazing coach. And the first day of practice, the first thing Clarence said to us, Clarence Price was our coach. He said, give me 100 laps. And his whole mindset the first week of practice was to run out all the people who didn't have the heart and desire to play. So he made it almost impossible for you to make it through the first week. And if you made it through the first week, then he figured you were somebody who could keep up with the season. And we'd have like 75 or 80 people come out at the beginning of practice. And by the end of the week, we were down to like 35. Man, a hundred laps. <laughs> everybody wants to be with a winner, bro. You got it, brother. Problem is, it. not everybody wants to pay what's necessary to pay to be with a winner. That is a fact. That is a fact. And it's, and it's, it's hard to look at these days uh, to watch football and to see how the game has changed. And it seems like the aggression and the grass eaters have left. And we got a lot of these finesse guys. And I'm, I'm not real fond of the game at the moment, but... <laughs> Uh, who was your football idol in high school, in college, and in pro? So, um, high school, I mean, I, 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 I like the guys that came before me. Uh, there were some guys. My neighborhood heroes were all the guys that played at Robinson before me, uh, the few that I had heard about, because, like I said, I was new to the area. But we had Troy Jackson. We had Kevin Carswell. We had David Chapman, who actually played for Start and won a championship with Start. And uh, it was my intention and goal to be like everyone else and play for the maroon and white because that was my neighborhood school. They had the big tradition, not so much in football, but in basketball. But still, it was still the perennial school for our area. And that was my, my goal one day to go play ball for them. What made, what decided, what made you decide to not go to uh, Toledo Scott is who you're referencing, the maroon and white, because I grew up in that same neighborhood and, and they were they were it for us. Yeah. Agreed. Scott was it that everybody who yep. was somebody wanted to go to Scott as exactly participate in basketball and even yep. football. So, what made what, what was the deciding factor for you going to Toledo Macomber versus Toledo Scott? So, um, like I like um, I I went to Mommy Valley Country Day School my first year in high school. Uh, I got a scholarship. I went there. It was nice. I enjoyed it. I learned a lot, but it wasn't for me. And then they dropped the football program. And once they dropped the football program, they lost me. So I was like a free agent. 
So I was trying to figure out what school I wanted to go to. So I went up to Scott because that was my neighborhood school, talked to head coach Roy Allen, told him who I was, told him what I wanted to do. And he told me that sophomores don't start for him. I said, okay. And so I left him, went to Macumber, told the same thing to John Johnson. And he said, if you're good enough, you'll play. And I said, okay, I'm coming here. John Johnson, great coach, rest his soul. Uh, we lost him a couple of years ago. Yep. Uh, but uh, also was my coach in high school. Uh, actually taught me football and taught me how to be a man as well. Um, great guy, great guy. So getting to Toledo Macumber, you became a standout high school football player. Uh, you were a beast at defensive end. That's, I mean, I remember some things vividly and a lot of things happened or some things happened prior to me getting there. So then colleges started to come in. Right. So who started to come in to recruit you after your successful run in high school? So initially, Missouri, University of Missouri Tigers were the first people to contact me. And then uh, West Virginia, Akron University, never got recruited by the University of Toledo. Um, so I went to visit Missouri. I'm correction. I went to visit West Virginia. I went to visit Akron. And then right at the last minute, I got a message from Ohio State and they wanted to come down and talk to me. So Coach Miles, who just passed away this year, a great guy. He's a recruiter from my region. He came down, talked to Coach Johnson and asked me would I be interested. And I'm like, yeah, I'm interested, you know. So they set up. Uh, it, it, and the thing that was so crazy about it, it was toward the end of the recruiting season. I was prepared to go to West Virginia. And then this Ohio State last minute thing. And what happened was one of the guys that had a scholarship fell out. And so they need, they had another scholarship to fill. And I was like the, the one of the two guys that was like the, the top people that didn't make the, the, the initial 30 scholarships. Mm -hmm. So they reached out to me. I was interested. I got to come on the biggest recruiting weekend. So we got to go plot, watch uh, Kellogg and the guys play at, at the um, St. John's arena. They won a nice basketball game. And then I uh, got to, man, got Royal treatment. Met some amazing athletes. Some of them I, I had idolized, you know, uh, Marcus Merrick, Glenn Cobb, uh, Tim Spencer, uh, mm -hmm. Vince Gillings, Roy, um, Ray Ellis, all those guys from, from the years before me in Ohio State. So it was a dream come true. So then when they offered me a scholarship, I was like, yeah, I'm going there. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And then when you got to Ohio State, some of the guys that were that were on your team was Chris Carter you had on your squad? Uh, yeah. Uh, Byers so, played tailback? Oh, yeah. So Keith Keith Byers, Pepper Johnson were my were my classmates. Uh, Pepper and Keith both had successful professional careers. Matter of fact, I still keep in touch with both of them to this day. Uh, Pepper and I are really close. We were good, pretty good friends when we were in college, too. Um, so so we get in our freshman year, and, you know, it's it's huge different transition from high school to college yes you know you know the game is a lot faster the athletes are so much bigger the play the, the, the people don't realize how challenging it is intellectually also because of the fact that your defensive playbook is huge for defense I mean you got to memorize 30 40 60 80 120 30 300 pages of defensive plays yeah. so it was a challenge and then on top of that so you have to learn defense you have to make the the physical and mental adjustments and then you you know, most importantly, you got school and you got to go every day. Mm -hmm. So it's like a, it's like a job, bro. But you got and you got to really love it. You got to really love it to be successful, because if you don't put everything forward, it'll, it'll eat you up. Indeed. Indeed. I, I can remember and we'll share with the football and fluff family my senior year. Um, 
we were getting recruited by uh, Michigan State. It was three of us guys from our high school. And they invited us down to the Michigan State game. They were playing, you guys were playing Michigan State in Michigan State Stadium, whatever they call that, that trap. Because <laughs> it seemed like the stands were real close to the field. Yeah, we came over to the Ohio State side because our brother from Toledo Macomber was playing for Ohio State. So we were down right. on the field there. And Michigan State got upset with us after that. They pulled off after, <laughs> after that. <laughs> but I remember uh, down on the field, you and Keith Byers were walking off the field after you had made a game-winning sack and stopped Michigan State, and you guys won that game. And you were heading to the locker room, the three Matt Cumber guys, high school guys run over to you. Hey, man, it's good to see you. It's good to see you. And, and you had said something to me that stayed with me my entire life. You said, we don't quit. We don't stop. That's how you do it. And then we was like, man, great game, great game. Then you turned around, ran in the locker room, man. That was awesome. I still have the ticket stub to that game to this day. I wow. Keep it I keep it, and I'm going to share. As a matter of fact, I'm going to post that on the Football and Fluff website. Wow. The ticket stuff to that game, man. So that stayed with me. And so it, you've been appreciated in my life for a very long time. And there's some other things that you've done in, in, in my life, and, 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 and you are absolutely appreciated. I want to let the Football and Fluff family know how you have affected me, and, and it's really appreciated. So thank you. Yeah, indeed, indeed. But after Ohio State, tell us about, um, you know, you, you get there, you're very successful in the Big Ten. I mean, you're blowing people up, you're sacking folks, you know, you're you tackling folks for losses, you Big Ten, you know, you're playing ball now. So tell, tell us how, how that, what happens after that. So, so you know, you're going to always make me sound much better than I actually was, and I appreciate that. But the truth of the matter is, is that I was, I was in there fighting for my life. I was competing. And I got to start my lap, my junior season. I started the first seven games. Uh, me and the coach, me and the head coach had a falling out. He wanted somebody bigger and faster and stronger. And they went with the guy to end up getting drafted in the NFL, a guy by the name of Eric Kumaro, a big kid. Yes. Um, so coach and I fell out. Uh, I made a rash decision, you know, and it's associated with youth. I mean, as an older, as an old man now, I probably would have done it differently. But I can't complain about how my life turned out, even though I made that decision. I got no regrets because everything worked out well for me. So I left school November 7th, 1984. Uh, I joined the Air Force. I shipped off a of basic training uh, April 16th, 1985. And I, was, and I went straight over to Germany because I knew they had football over there. So I go over to Germany and <laughs> I walk right into a program where the team that I just walked into is another perennial champion. They have been winning the conference off and on for years in the championship. And over there, they have a continental sports conference, which is covered for the Germany mainland. And then they have the UK sports conference, which is for United Kingdom. And then we had a team or two in Spain and, and Italy. So we have like eight or nine games. We play all the local games, all the local places. And then whoever was the championship for each continent would get together and host the USAID championship for all the forces in Europe. And I played in two of those championships, won one and lost one. So uh, had a successful career over there. I played football with the Germans, made some money, played some football with the French, made some money, made some lasting friendships and got some, you know, got to further my football career, which would have never happened had I stayed in the States. So, and I got to help being an ambassador to the game. You know, this is right when the World Football League was building up. So, you know, 
the, 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 the excitement for American football was high in Germany and they were putting together a lot of football cl clubs to try to investigate the popularity of the sport and see if they would take off over there. So I got to be on the ground for some of that. Uh, but the, the Air Force was my career. That was my choice and that was my best move. I ended up having a successful 20 year career. So I, I got no complaints, but I will tell you that those five years of playing football in Germany were excellent and they got the last little bit of it out of my system. You know what I mean? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I, was, I have a cousin that uh, went to Rogers. He, he went to the Air Force as well. He's very familiar with the league that you played in. I had a conversation with him the other day. He said, man, that league is serious. It's, he said a lot of guys, some high talent, yes, talented guys go to that league and play. Yes, uh, that's true. Via the, the military. And so, uh, yeah, so I, I I actually did a little research on on the leagues that you played in. They were you had some guys who were easy NFL talent as yourself, because there's no doubt in my mind that you were NFL talent. And I will say this, in my mind, and I'm I'm a pretty good you know, evaluator of talent. You were an SEC talent type player, so I, and I consider the SEC some real strong, talented football type playing. They were a little bit ahead of the time. Everybody's catching up now, but you were an SEC athlete. So, so um, my biggest issue, and, and, and I, I'll be frank with this, I just didn't have, if I had my brother's size with my attitude, with my attitude and my brother's size, I could have, I could have probably did some things. But being six foot and 220, it was, it was tough. Because, I mean, I lined up over 300 pounders. This was in 1985. I mean, 82. I'm lining up over 300 pounders. And, buddy, that way you out. I had two rotator cuff surgeries. I had both my knees replaced. I need neck surgery. I, the game comes with a cost. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so let's talk about that a little bit because as as I watched you play and some of the – of course, you went overseas and I didn't get to see some of that, but from high school to college at Ohio State, you seem to play with what I tell Fluff all the time. You need about six guys who just eat grass. Just take a handful of grass and eat it. You was that dude. And you seem like, I don't even want to call it a chip because you was just nasty when you played. Where did that come from? Okay. So, let's make a long story short. My oldest cousin taught me how to play. He was a physical guy. He told me that being physical will eliminate a lot of guys who really don't want to play. <laughs> so, you test somebody's commitment by knocking the crap out of them. And if they don't want to get hit, you'll see right away. So, I was, you know, if I'm smaller than everybody, then I got to bring the wood. So uh, that was my attempt. That was my, that was my, my, my mindset, my focus, uh, my intensity. And, you know, the guy that's committed the most is going to win. Mm -hmm. So you know, if, you're, if you're committed to the process, things usually work out for you. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and, and, and I never knew you were six foot. I always thought you were like six, three, six, four. No, I always thought you were much bigger than 220, and that was no. because of the presence that you had. You know, I, I, I graduated from high school 207 pounds. Wow, I didn't get to 220 until I was in college. Understood, understood. I played in Germany at 250, that was a great weight to play at, my man. <laughs> when you hit people, when you hit people they fall. <laughs> well, tell us about Dennis Houston after the Air Force or after football, after the Air Force, what is life like now for Dennis Houston? Uh, so, you know, football is still a part of my life. Uh, I, uh, my oldest son never wanted to play. My youngest son played for a few years. He wasn't bad, uh, but it wasn't for him. 
uh, I was always nervous. So I was kind of glad that he decided not to play anymore just because from a parent's perspective, football is a violent game and it doesn't take much for something to happen and change your whole life's trajectory. So uh, to be honest, you know, it was comforting that he moved on to something else, but I'm still in the game. I coach high school football in the neighborhood high school. Uh, we've done really well. And it's not because I'm a great X's and O's type of person. It's just because when you bring that intensity and the kids know that you're committed and they trust you, they'll do anything for you. That's right. That's I right. was the same way. I was the same way. Indeed. Indeed. How can we find you on social media? Do you have a presence there? Tell the football and fluff family where we can find you. I'm on space, Facebook. Okay. And uh, uh, Dennis Houston, you can find me there. Okay. Um, I'm, I don't spend a lot of time on it. Um, my brother's on Facebook. You can find him there for sure. Okay. I got two nieces that I, I adore. I got three nieces that I adore, two of which are Division One athletes. My brother raised some amazing young women. Uh, one plays for Gardner-Webb. She's a senior this year. And the other one is a freshman at Pittsburgh. So I can't wait to see them play. Tracy is the senior, correct? Tracy is the freshman. She's the freshman, okay. Alexis is the senior. Alexis is the senior, all right. Yeah. And then they got a older sister named India. Okay, okay. Well, brother, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Um, there's so much more I want to talk about. And hopefully you'll come back to the show and I'll ask you a whole different set of questions to get some, some more out of Dennis Houston because I think that we need more athletes with that mindset and that mind state that you play with. And I think your story was very interesting and, and, and I wanted to share it with the family and we really appreciate you coming through. I don't think we could play in this game that they have now with all the rules. The game is not the same game that we grew up in. And I know that the way I played the game, I'd probably be suspended or fined or, or not even part of the plan because it's, it, was a, it was a violent physical game. Now, I do applaud the fact that they're trying to make it safer. But when you take it to the point where people got to think before they hit somebody, that's how people get hurt. In my humble opinion, I never thought about hitting anybody other than hitting them. I never thought about anything else but knocking them down. Now you got to look at how you hit them to protect them and yourself from being suspended. They had two people get thrown out the game against in the Ohio State game last um, on Saturday. Yes, because of um, targeting. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's not a good rule, but I'm saying you got to take into account what's going on. I mean, if you got to think about how he's going to hit somebody before he hits them. He's either going to miss the tackle or get hurt. Former Ohio State standout, Dennis Houston. Thank you. That wraps up this episode of Football and Fluff. Follow us on Instagram at Football and Fluff. Send us an email at footballandfluff at gmail.com. Tell us about some topics that you would like to discuss. See y'all next week.